Hey, Rob. What do you think of our funky new football in Berkshire branding? They're great, Tom. Who's made them? They've been created by friend of FIB, Ellis Woods, who runs his own creative agency, Flair Media. He's heavily involved in grassroots football and kindly sponsors this very podcast. That's great. What else do they do? Well, it's funny you should say that, Rob. Ellis offers affordable digital marketing, digital and print branding like logos, banners, flyers and business cards, as well as website content creation and management. Go and have a look at flaremedia.online and tell Ellis we sent you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our latest, I think it's episode five uh, of our pub but not in a pub chats um all about non-league football and the grassroots game in Berkshire we've had a good range of people on so far um I'm Tom Canning and I've got with me Rob Davis hey Rob how are you I'm good thanks mate how are you going not too bad we're chatting even more since uh <laughs> since all of this has been going on we're actually seeing each other yeah. daily on little video calls so um today's, exactly yeah today's guest I'm absolutely delighted to say is Binfield chairman Bob Bacon hello Bob good evening how are you yeah, good. Thank you. Are you are you in that dangerous category of um, a certain age? Uh, I am in that certain category, and also having had a, a heart attack of and course. subsequent triple bypass in two thousand and eight, I think I probably am ever so slightly in that uh, in that category. So you're you're keeping yourself well out of trouble. I'm trying to. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you got you got people bringing stuff around. It must be. It's got to be quite a thing that having people sort of doing everything for you, and and when especially when <laughs> when you run a football club and you're used to having to do a lot of it yourself uh, no the only people i've got coming around to help me out is siren craft tomorrow afternoon <laughs> <laughs> i saw i saw I, i'm I'm very disappointed my wife won't let me have any more beer because apparently i've got too much <laughs> um so let's uh let's let's get into the the nitty-gritty of it um bob obviously there's uh it's we're recording this on tuesday i'm losing all sense of reality and what days are days but it's Tuesday, and we've had an announcement about um, Step 5 and Step 6, albeit not from the FA specifically, uh, but they the, the announcement suggests that Step 5 and 6 football is over. Uh, Binfield are obviously flying high at Step 5 in the Hellenic League. How do you feel? Disappointed that the season's finished in the way that it has. Um, I think to take your point, uh, until we hear officially from the FA, um, I, I don't want to speculate uh, but I am disappointed because we were having a, a very good season, um, both on and off the pitch. And uh, it would have been nice to finish off the season in some style. And I think uh, the preparation that the management team had put in place was exceptional this year. But obviously, it, it's kind of it's understandable. I think I, I suppose why why football has had to end. I guess I, I don't know. I feel like. Um, in the Premier League and the and the Football League, they're going to attempt to finish the season no matter what. But there's obviously circumstances this far down the the, uh, the, the pyramid that suggest maybe that's not possible. Do you know what they are at all? No, I, I, I don't. I guess my concern is through this, there will be some clubs, step five, possibly six, definitely at four, will disappear financially. They just won't be able to survive. And I think particularly at step six, five and four, a club survives because it is community oriented. And if clubs don't have anything open for the community to be part of, and as we're all locked down, that cuts off a, a vital uh, avenue of, of communication and a vital avenue of camaraderie 
And, you know, sometimes that's very difficult to get back because when we're out the other side, there will be a, we will be in a very, very different landscape. Uh, yeah. Um, just just for, for, a, for a club, so, so obviously you've got match day revenue, um, but what, what else is it that... So you've got match day revenue, you pay refs, you, you, you may or clubs may or may not pay their players. What, what else are, are clubs paying out for, just for anybody that doesn't know? Um, what, what do clubs... What, what's clubs outgoings generally? Well, we, we have to pay rent on the, on the ground to the council. Uh, we have to pay rates. We have the utility bills. And we're, we're just going, having this little debate with ourselves now. We normally start our ground operation in May. Um, and let me tell you, we spend quite a lot of money on doing that. Um, probably more than some. Um, probably certainly in excess of £10,000 a year. And we've got to find the money for that. Um, it's highly likely um, that our... Uh, junior tournament this year will have to be postponed. So we start the season at whatever point that season is without that revenue. And that gives you the comfort that you're in the right place. So we are now looking at various and different ways of doing it. Uh, we have created a, a brochure that we will share with people around the area to show how we can get them involved, both financially and also uh, on a people side, because um, we as, as a club, probably a little bit different to some, as a members club, um, we do rely on members' uh, memberships, uh, but we rely on, a, on a, a fairly healthy level of sponsorship, which we will probably, which we will now need to increase. Go on, Rob. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, how, just out of interest, Bob, how long is it that you've now been involved with Binfield? And uh, what would you say sort of uh, changes have you implemented over your time with the club? So I, I joined, I got involved in the club back in 2003. And uh, that was when my stepson joined uh, Binfield in the, in the soccer school. Um, the next year, there was a couple of people that uh, uh, were interested in doing the soccer school. And I, again, inadvertently got roped into doing that. And to be honest, I've been doing the soccer school ever since. Uh, and I always say that that's my best bit of the week. Uh, mm -hmm. We've we've had some we've had some kids come through soccer school that are playing in professional clubs now. Um, but the the best bit for me is we've got kids that have made the Binfield first team, and that's really what I I enjoy. So I started watching first team games probably about 2005. Um, I used to have a cursory nod to uh, Rob Jones, the then chairman, and Rob Chalice, who, of course, was always lapping the ground. And I'd say, nod and say hello and then have, have a drink in the bar afterwards and whatever. Um, then probably around about 2006, I took on the role on the committee as the club welfare officer. Um, and then Rob Jones stood down 2009, 2010. And he came to me one day, he said, I've had a great idea, Bob. And I said, what's that, Rob? He said, <laughs> I'm, going to put you, I'm going to put you forward as the next chairman. Uh, and, uh -huh. and, and there was about that much happened. Um, so when I took over as chairman, to be honest, it's, it's, um, it was strange because I knew what chairman did. 
I didn't know how they did it. So to be honest, every home game or every away game, I went to my opposing chairman and I asked them questions. What do you do that you'd like to stop doing? What do you do that you'd like to continue doing? Um, and, and questions like that. And I've continued doing that. And that's really just been the basis of how we've moved the club forward as a club, not just for the first team. You've obviously had a, a lot of development on the site as well over the last uh, the last couple of seasons. Um, probably, probably more in the last couple of seasons than than at any point I would I would imagine. Um, what what sort of stands out as a as a kind of proud moment at the at the ground itself as a as a as a real moment that stood out for you in terms of that sort of development? It, um, I think getting certainly having the the new changing rooms um, that was that was a massive one for me. Um, we, we've always had a fantastic relationship with the parish council. In fact, I've been speaking with the parish council today about potential new developments. Uh, so we're continually in that loop with them and also the local uh, Bracknell Forest Council. Um, but I was in conversation with the parish council and th they typically give grants of a, around about two, three, four, five hundred pounds to organisations in the village. And to be honest, I went and asked for silly money <laughs> and but gave a good reason for why we wanted to do it. And what I wanted to do was to have a clear pathway from somebody that comes into soccer school with me, age four, and can go all the way up through into the first team and play in the FA Cup. And the council, the parish council supported us. So I went back to the committee and said, look, if we've done it here, where else can we do it? So when I took over, one of the things that we we built on was a, a rolling five-year business plan, which was finance, operations, and things like that. And when we started getting into the, how can we do this? How can we fund it? We were able to lift elements of our plan out quite quickly and quite easily, and we could look back at history to show what we've done. And I think that's something as a community football club we've always done. We've always looked back to see what we've learned and when we've learned, we've learned what not to do next time and a better way of trying to do it. And quite frankly, it's a massive headache because as a result of doing that and taking that approach, you never stop thinking about it. Yeah. Um, I know, uh, Rob, did you have one? Um, yeah, sure. Well, um, uh, I was going to ask uh, if uh, you were speaking to someone who uh, was coming in to uh, um, uh, become a chairman for the first time uh, at this level, what advice would you give to them? I think I know uh, this answer. All the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How to maintain sanity. Um, <laughs> um, what would my advice be? Um, get, get people around you that understand how things work. Um, I'm blessed by having the best secretary in non-league football in Rob Chalice. Without a doubt, that man knows more about the ins and outs of the football club, the local uh, EBFA, the Hellenic League, the County League, the FA. Um, if you've got somebody like Rob Chalice, then you are immediately onto a winner. The second thing I would say is get somebody around you from a finance point of view that does not let you do stupid things. Um, my mantra is, you know, be accountable for everything. If you can't be accountable for it, if you can't show where the money's coming in and where this money's going out of, that's a, that's you're building a frail building. And 
in Graham Taylor, our finance man, you know, sometimes, sometimes we have words, um, mm -hmm. but by and large, you know, I'm proud to say that we owe nobody, we don't owe anybody anything. And I think that's very important for a club of our size with the revenue that we have. Um, obviously, yeah, as you say, you know, how, how many teams have Binfield got these days? I think it's 34 now, Tom. So obviously, you know, from 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 top to bottom, that's you know, that's an awful lot of people coming in and out of the football club all the time. Um, you mentioned players that have kind of started at um, sort of a young age four and gone right the way through. And I know you mentioned as well a couple of players that have gone on to to play uh, league football and play professional football. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. some of those guys? Some of those have, that have gone on because um, I, I know one uh, was it Connor Hall. Is that Connor Hall, yeah. Uh, so, ones, so there are a couple. So, so Connor Hall um, is uh, currently registered with um, uh, Bolton Wanderers, but playing his football at Chorley, or was playing his football at Chorley, and uh, started scoring goals there. So he'll he'll be looking for a, a fresh contract. Um, he's got a, a younger brother who um, Lewis, who I saw a couple of weeks ago actually at Ascot, um, who's. Uh, I think he's now got his 11th England under 16 cap. Um, uh, he's on Chelsea's books and uh, has a has a bright future in front of him. Um, and then we've got um, you know people like Eddie Lee that's uh, yeah. he's now at university but worked his way through, um, and his brother Harry as well. Uh, we've got Joel Valentin that's played in the first team as well. Um, of course, we've got Josh Howell that's been in the in the in the team for a long time and is 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 uh, is captain when Sean Moore's not on the pitch as well. Uh, and he came through the through some of the junior system to particularly play through Ally Counties. Um, and we are trying, we're striving now to make it better for those boys that have got the talent to come through. Now. One of the things that I felt we were missing, we we didn't necessarily have a, a coach's level. We weren't giving our coaches all that we needed to do. So we've got a couple of people in the club, A.D. Hone and Craig Gilbert, who wanted to pick this up. Uh, we're just now improving the quality of our own coaches so that our own coaches are now working with Get Active Academy, who are an academy that uh, we work with and supply our boys into the Allied Counties football team. Um, we're working with the FA through a mentor scheme that we have through a guy through Andy Ritchie. So he comes down, well, he came down to King's Academy where we train and coach the coaches. And that's now starting to have an impact. So I would expect in three or four years to see more boys come through that are coached appropriately, that are coached with enthusiasm, that are coached with a lot of energy, so that that adds to their skills, improves their skills both as individuals and also as people, and therefore they move on. Um. So, yeah, but I mean, player player wise, that, that's that's in, that's that's really quite um quite impressive, and, and certainly the work that goes on behind the scenes. You know, I've I've seen some some of that work myself. Um, I wanted to just ask you about managers as well because you you've you've had some some quite quite well known names managing Binfield Football Club down the years, um, but yeah. you've also had you know you've had Roger Roger Herridge for I, I mean I don't know how long now, four or five years. Does that does that sound uh, about probably, right? Probably probably a bit longer than that. Probably it must be six years now, Tom. I think. How, how when do when you... Tally when Tally stood down. 
did did you was Tally Tally was there under your Mark Talentire, I should yes, say, for was. anybody that doesn't yeah, know. He was, yeah. uh, he was there under your, your reign as well. How 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 have you picked who's going to be the manager? How do you make that decision as a as a, is it you that makes that decision or is it is it a group of you? I, I remember previously when when uh, when myself and and, um, and Daryl Freeland were at, were at Bracknell and uh, we ended up point, appointing between us um, Steve Nebbett and Danny Oliphant and possibly the best two managers we've had we'd at that point had had there for quite yeah. a long time. But it was it was a tough process to go through. How how do you how do you go through that? Well, Mark was Mark was in charge when we came up from um, the Atlantic East into the Premier Division. And uh, with Richard Whitty, I believe at the time, mm. and Steve McClurg, and uh, and then I, I believe Richard and Steve went away, and then Roger became available. Uh, he'd taken some time out from Wokingham, and Mark had said to me, "This is what I'm going to do." And I've, I'd always said to, to whether it be Mark or Roger, you know, you're the guys that make the decisions about who you work with. You're the guys that make the decision. You know, you pick the team, you pick the squad. I've never, ever, ever said to the managers, you should play this person or I don't like that person. And, um, and I, I, you know, I really enjoyed working with Mark and he, and he got us, you know, there's, there's games that stand out with Mark. Um, our first league game in the Premier League down at Highworth. Absolutely brilliant. The first Saturday we went, I was met by a guy at the gate and he said, have you had many changes in your team this year? I said, no, it's, this, it's pretty much the same squad that we came up with. He said, you'll be going straight back down. <laughs> and, and 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 Carl Withers scored a goal. In my mind, I'd like to say it was about 30 yards away from goal, but it might have been mm-hmm. a bit closer than that. But he scored an absolute screamer. And then Highworth threw the kitchen sink at us for the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and we came away winning 1-0. And I said to the guy on the gate in the way out, we might be all right. And I just got, <laughs> I got a 75-year-old man's <laughs> like that, as if to say, go away and don't Fantastic. come back. Um, <laughs> and then then another one that, that marked for us, we went to, uh, we played at Wantage in the FA Vars when Wantage were clear favourites. And uh, little Scotty Williams scored an absolute screamer. And then it went to the last. I think it was. I think that might have made it one all. Then it went down to the literally in the last minute, and I think it was Jack Talentire put a corner across, and Justin McClurg, that man who could just hang like a kite, <laughs> and as he jumped, Nick Alderman, who was standing next to me, said, "We've won," and he hadn't even touched the ball. He was he was that high, and you just knew he was going to score. And that was a great day. That was just a great day. So Mark took us to all those places. Um, and then he brought Roger in his number two, and that worked well. And when Mark stood down, Roger was a, an absolute natural replacement. And I felt, and Rob Chalice felt, and a couple of other people, we, we didn't want to rock the boat. You know, Roger had a good rapport with the players and continues to do so. Um, and he, he put his, he put his, his, his management team has changed a little bit over the, over the four or five years. Um, and, I think Rogers got better at doing that, picking the right. The, the, you know, as, 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 as circumstances have changed, he's brought in different people. That's what I mean by that. And this year, bringing uh, bringing Carl Withers and Dodds in has just been a masterstroke. And those those two guys have influenced everything off the pitch, on the pitch, in the dressing room, on the warm up, in the game, after the game. And it's a it's. I'm I'm looking for a manager that's got couple of people around him that add some real value 
And I keep talking about at Binfield how we make little continual steps, continual progress. And that's what I want the management team to be able to do. I think that leads nicely onto a question that I wanted to ask you there, uh, Bob. He's talking about the continual progress. Uh, what are your ambitions for Binfield in the next sort of five, say five to ten years even, even if you're still involved? Or where would you like to see them both on and off the field? Uh, what do you think? So I'd like to play. I'd like to see us playing up another another level. I think uh, step four is an aspiration of mine, um, mm -hmm. and that means that we have to improve the playing side of it. We have to do things differently around that. Again, continual improvement off the pitch. We have to do what we have to do. Um, you know, there are FA guidelines, however onerous people may say mm. say they are. Um, I remember. Um, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Norman at uh, Ardley, saying to me when when he was approaching um, or looking at the possibility of being promoted, he said that the ground gradings told me I've got to have another stand for another. I think it was another hundred people. <laughs> he said uh, I'm, I'm I'm going to write a letter to the FA if they've got a hundred volunteers that can come and sit in the seats every Saturday. You know, uh, you, you've got to do what you've got to do. So what we are trying to do, we're trying. We are we've got 22 projects lined up now in the club that will benefit not just the club but also the community that we're in um we've started um uh, titivating the car park now i know it's not the worst car park in the Atlantic league because i've fallen down several bumps in several other clubs but <laughs> we're going to improve it now what that means is that it will be safer we want to improve the front of house so people want to come to to events we've already got um, we've got a theatre group that use it. We've got a dog training group that use it. We've got the archery that use it. So we're starting to reach out more into the community. The cemetery use our car park on a regular basis, so therefore we want to improve that. Um, uh, we are going to uh, replace the the T-bar um, and put it somewhere else, and it will be significantly bigger, which will give us more room actually in the building itself, so it will become more uh useful and more amenable for for different events so that's what we've got to do and also we've got to look at the commercial side and we've got to improve the way that we go after attract making ourselves attractive so i've already been in discussion with uh two uh local clubs who have been very helpful um again they've told us they've told me the things that they they've done they've told me some of the things they've done that they that they've now stopped doing um and 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 i i, I was invited uh, to uh, an event on the first of april with several other clubs considerably higher up than than binfield um to to, to talk about this but i guess it, this was supposed to take place on the first of april I, it won't take place now yeah. whether it takes place on video conference i don't know but we're, we're starting to engage in different ways. We, we, we constantly engage with the parish council, as we've done today. We engage with the Bracknell Forest Council. Um, we want to be good citizens within the league that we play in. Um, and quite frankly, I'd like to be a model club for whichever league that we're in. I guess that, that sort of um, that sort of takes it on a little bit to kind of what I was talking about and, and like the way that you present yourself. Um, social media is huge it's not going away yeah. um, Binfield I think is possibly one of the only clubs locally that doesn't have for example uh, goal graphics and everybody's doing 
animated goal graphics and stuff like that. Now, yeah. generally, I, that's nice if you if you've got someone who can do it. But do you think how how big a deal do you think social media is within non-league football? I have my own opinions on it. I think it's the easiest way for clubs to get themselves out there. But how what do you think about kind of social media and the way that that the club uses it and the way that maybe it could use it differently? I, I don't know. So, bear in mind, I'm quite old, Tom. I'm 63. <laughs> um, so, social media, social media for me is about getting a message across. Yeah. Sometimes without the, you know, with, as you say, the fancy graphics. And I would love to have a volunteer within the club that comes out and said, I know exactly how to do that. Let me take it off your hands. But that's one of the joys of working at a Step 5 football club. Um as you know, Tom, as you've worked in yeah. Walked, yeah. worked in clubs like this, um, volunteers are difficult to not only find but difficult to keep. Yeah. Um, and whilst we have a large membership, um, it is difficult to try and get people to to do things as volunteers because guess what? They don't get paid. And guess what? You put in a shed load of hours into this job. There's yeah there's there's no there's sort of there's no easy way of um of doing any of that and and I I think I so so part of the part of the thing with with the website that we run the football in Berkshire website is is to get more people interested in their local football club and it's kind of it's kind yeah. of the mantra that that I try to live by any decision that that we make and I, I do think like you know you, once you get the bug you're in but it's yeah. it's not always as straightforward as because you know as a as a chairman or as someone involved with the club you cannot physically be there to welcome everybody and go oh do you fancy do you fancy helping out and yeah. it's not it's, so so what those ways are to get more people interested and, and involved in it I don't know but when they turn up you 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 got to take them haven't you really yeah you you have Tom and and if there are anybody out there listening to this who wants to come over and take over this role then I would welcome them with open heart. <laughs> No, my, my favourite volunteer story, for what it's worth, is that we 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 constantly give our junior managers uh, a bit of encouragement after they've played football at the ground on a Saturday to just empty the bins, tidy up, you know, yeah. make just leave leave everything behind, put the golf golf flags away, uh, the corner flags away and stuff. And I was coming up to a game one day. It was about probably about five to five to one. The phone rings. It's one of our managers who's no longer with the club, so I'm confident in saying this he said i just want to let you know bob uh one of the bins down by the down by the steps is completely overflowing i went oh he said i thought you might like to know so you can empty it before the first team game <laughs> i've never spoken to that volunteer since and probably won't either no. <laughs> um oh well I, I did have uh, there was something I was just I was remembering the other day. Um, now, obviously, Bob, you and I we enjoy our we enjoy our proper our proper beer, don't we? And um, we do, yes. I absolutely, yeah. And I know, um, and I, I know, Bob, that, that you and I, <laughs> you and I enjoy ours as well. And you've been to a couple of our <laughs> events. And I, I would just I just wanted to re- recap oh the story of. Um, uh, when you first came along to our to our Bratnell Ale and Cider Festival at the Rugby Club, and uh, I oh, walked past you, it was a, it was a blisteringly hot day, blisteringly hot. <laughs> and now, 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 Bob, 
you you are you are bereft of hair. Let's uh, let's put it that way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's quite alright, as everybody <laughs> will see from the from the picture I put on this. Anyway, I walk past you and you're singing along. And there's some Simon and Garfunkel off on one of the stages in the background, and it's so enjoy- and it's a blistering hot day. So I said, oh, oh, and you, were, I can't remember who you were with. Were you were you with your mate Kim? I can't remember. I was, yeah. Uh, yeah. I walked past you. I said, Bob, I think you you might want to get yourself some uh, some some suntan lotion. Just uh, you know, it's hot. It's, it's, and so yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Anyway, probably probably about two hours later, I walk back past you, and uh, there you are. Still, for some reason, there's Simon and Garfunkel on in the background again, and it's off it goes. It's two hours later, and you're absolutely sozzled, and, and as red as I've ever seen a man. <laughs> it was, uh, but it was, survived. Oh, I survived. You did. You did. You did well you? hydrated. <laughs> and, you, and you came back. <laughs> Sounds it was, like uh, you had a good time. It was. Uh, it was great fun. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately, obviously, there's no beer festival this year. Very sad. But no, very sad with that. But fingers crossed, we'll be able to do some in the future. Um, Bob, is there anything yes. just, before, just to round off? Uh, anything that you wanted to add? Rob, did you have any more questions for for Bob just before we round off? Um, one more, maybe sort of like. Uh... Uh, a bit more light-hearted, I guess. Um, like it's clear, obviously, from listening to you talk today and every other time that while you say, even though you don't um, uh, get involved in the football side of things so much, uh, uh, or certainly not the first-team football side of things so much, you clearly know a lot about your football and you clearly, um, you know, have got a love for it. Have you? Did you have a life in football before uh, oh, the Binfield I don't uh, know came along? Have you? Uh, yeah. Have you? Did you play, or did you? Uh, uh, were you involved in any other clubs at all? Yeah, I, I when I was um, when I was in the third year of my junior school, I was uh, I played for the uh, I played for the school team, and I always <laughs> remember being the being the right back that was never allowed over the halfway line. I could never work <laughs> it out. Yeah, if if, if yeah. I got anywhere near the halfway line, I used to get shouted at. Uh, then I play I played for a successful uh, a junior club in uh, in Nuneaton in uh, up to, was between Coventry and Birmingham, and then played. A few years at uh, at Nuneaton in in the reserves there, uh, where that taught you to be a man because when they kicked you, they really meant it. Um, <laughs> and then I, I I came down south forty years ago actually now, and then work took over and I just I travelled all over the place with work and football became something that you um, you watched on 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 TV only on match of the day because there was no, none of the premiership. And uh, and then like I say, it reignited my, my love affair with football um, probably around about 2000 when I'd watched a few local games around here and uh, decided I'd like to, to go and do a bit more. Um, thanks, thanks. But I forgot, do you know what? I also forgot, bearing in mind that when I called you, it's got a big picture of you guys. I forgot to ask about the walking football. God, oh, that's brilliant, that is. Is it? Is it? Because it's walking, uh, not playing football. I'll tell you what, Bobby. it's Bobby Langridge's fault. He got me into <laughs> it. He said, come and try it, come and try it, come and try it. So about three, four years ago, I went and tried it, and I absolutely loved it. And and then I, I put myself forward for one of the one of the tournaments at Maidenhead. Yeah. And um, we ended up playing uh, at, uh, Portsmouth side in the final. And they were really horrible, and they were all elbows and <laughs> knees and everything, and and I really liked that as well. <laughs> I, 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 I really, and and since then, I've I've played in two international tournaments in Salou where we've come out winners. Wow! Uh, which oh. is, bit, I mean, that is just brilliant. Yeah. I mean, uh, and the blokes that I play with, they're they're proper mates now. You know, the, there's a, a real genuine camaraderie, and that's the thing about this game. You know. 
we've all, we all know people through football, but the people I know through football are stuck. Yeah. And they're there for you when things are, are tough. And, and they're there to help you out. And the, the walk in football is, is, is just brilliant. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd play two times a week. I play in the Surrey League. Well, sorry, I did play in the Surrey League, which is once a month. And I play in the Thames Valley League, which is also once a month. Yeah. And it's just fantastic. Thanks, Bob. Thanks very much for your time. Um, the question we just ask everybody just to round off uh, while we're all sat here in, um, I don't think we've barely even mentioned the, the virus, but, you know, that's, 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 that's good. But the thing that we have been asking everybody just as we sign off, um, box set recommendation, Bob. What are you watching at the uh, moment? So, so the thing I like the most is the Michael Connolly series of Bosch, which I believe is on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Um, Michael Connolly is a favourite author of mine, and the, the he uh, he wrote the the book The Lincoln Lawyer, which turned into a film, and it's probably the most faithful adaptation of a of a book that I've ever read. Uh, but the Bosch series is just uh, sort of raw Los Angeles cop <laughs> uh, <laughs> stuff, you know, and I I like that sort of stuff. Lovely stuff. Uh, Bob Bacon, Binfield Chairman, thank you. Thank you very much for your time this evening. Um, and we, I'm not sure who's next on the podcast, actually. I've got to find out. Um, but we've got loads of people coming up. Um, we've spoken to AD Williams. He is very keen to come. Well, I say keen. He was on a tweet and he said yes. Um, we have got Ollie Bayliss from Three Count, BBC Three Counties Radio, uh, Jamie Tompkins, Ascot United Manager, Derek Sweetman, Hollyport Manager. Um, who else have we got? Uh, Dave Mellon, Thatcham Town Chairman, uh, fellow chairman of yours, Bob, and Danny Robinson, the Thatcham Town Manager. All these people to come, um, plus lots, lots more. If you would like to recommend anybody to come along and speak to us, um, we're doing these daily. We're not going anywhere. Um, so please let us know. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, just type in Football in Berkshire. You can find us on Twitter at FI Berkshire and go and have a look at the website, which at some point I will put some more content on. It's just been a bit of a bit of a tough few days trying to get some stuff going um in the meantime that's it from us uh so i will say bye rob goodbye and, and good night <laughs> it'll be the morning when this comes out it's going to confuse everybody uh, and, and bob, yeah. bob goodbye from you and goodbye thank you very much gentlemen cheers guys <laughs>